You know, I, uh, I wanted to say it again. Thank you guys for coming. Thank y'all for being faithful. Thank you that are watching online. Thank you for those that are giving. Uh, I, I, I do want to just say thank you because I know that it is um, not always easy when the world looks the way it does to follow God and to walk by faith and not by sight. But um, you in this room are here and you're doing that. You that are watching online or that might be hearing this message later, I want to thank you, really, genuinely from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for giving, for sowing into this ministry and uh, for believing in what we're doing. I'm grateful for you. And uh, well, how many of y'all are ready to go to the word? Amen. Turn to John chapter 11 and, uh, and just hold your finger there. I'm going to preface, before we get to that, I'm going to preface it with some more scripture. But um, I'm going to kind of just quote those and then we'll read through John chapter 11. How many of y'all know that uh, light is important? When we were on vacation this week, we went, to, uh, we went to Hilton Head and we learned something very interesting. I thought this was really cool. Did you know that when uh, a, a turtle is born, you know, they're born in the sand. And in order for them to go from the sand to the water, they follow the moonlight. They follow the moonlight. That's where they, 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 they're born at night. They follow the moonlight and they go from the sand to the water. And so there are all these people that were walking on the beach at night. And we'd see them, we'd, you know, check out the, 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 the beach view at night or whatever. And they would, they would have all these flashlights. Well, we found out that they are not supposed to, you're not supposed to use a regular flashlight. If you're looking for turtles at night or whatever, you're supposed to use a red flashlight because it, it gives you enough light to see, but I didn't even know they made red flashlights, but I guess they make a certain, just, just cast a red light and it does not disrupt the turtle because they can get confused if they see the wrong light. They can get confused if they see the wrong light. If they see a light and, and you're flashing it around and they think it's the moon, they're, they're biologically, chemically trained to follow that light and it will confuse them. They will not make it to the water and apparently they will die. They will get confused by the wrong light. How many of y'all know that the light we follow as Christians is the word of God? That, that is the one and single and only light that we should be abiding by. If, if you have any question about anything in your life, you've got to go to the word. That's why it's so important that we follow, you know, the fivefold ministry gifts that God gave us, pastors, prophets, evangelists, teachers. He gave us these gifts, he said, for the perfecting of the saints. It's my job to, to know the word and to help God as an under-shepherd. So Jesus is obviously our shepherd, but I, I'm an under-shepherd to help guide this flock, if you will. And, and how I do that is by the word. Is by the word. I, I use the word as my basis. I don't form beliefs just because I think they're good, just because they sound right, just because they, they, they look good on paper or because so-and-so said them or that person said them or how about this one because I grew up with that information. How many of y'all grew up hearing stuff, believing things? You had your, your family or your, your church growing up teach you things and then you find out from the word of God, wait a second. That doesn't really add up. Or maybe they left that part out. Right? The word brings light to darkness. John chapter 1, 
tells us so much about the word. Number one, we learn in John chapter one that Jesus is the word. I want y'all to say that. Say Jesus Jesus. is the word. It says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. It also says the word was with God. In other words, Jesus was with God in the beginning. He was the word. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Why is that important? Because everything that Jesus said, catch this now, this is important. Everything that Jesus said was the word. He said that he didn't say anything unless his father told him to. So everything he said is word. Everything he said, catch this, is light. Because the word is light. Let me show it to you. Psalm 119, 105 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. If you've ever felt dark, if you've ever felt like you didn't know where to go, if you never, if you, how many of y'all have ever had your GPS go out? Come on, somebody. And you're right in the middle of trying to get somewhere and you need it to work and all of a sudden you hit the wrong button and you cancel it or it, it tells you to go some way and you know that's not right. One time I was traveling with Pastor Steve. We were coming back from a trip and we were down in Florida, we were coming back, and he wanted to make a pit stop. And he, he said, hey, will you plug this in? So I plugged something in. And this was, I don't know how many years ago, but uh, GPSs weren't as good as they are today. <laughs> the information wasn't very accurate. And so <laughs> we ended up trying to make it to this place, and, and we came off the interstate, and he said, you know, this doesn't look right. And I said, no, no, it's telling me to go right here. <laughs> and I trusted the GPS, and we ended up, Arriving at our destination in the middle of a random neighborhood when we were trying to go to some big box store and we ended up in the middle of a neighborhood just like you might live in. I mean, nowhere near a, a mall or a store or anything. When your path, when your directions are dark, the light of the word of God is our direction. It says that it's a light into our path. And a lamp to my feet. John 3, 19 says God's light came into the world, but people loved the darkness more than the light for their actions were evil. I want you to catch this. People that love evil, they they live in darkness. Okay, they live in See, darkness, the the world that we live in, the Bible says that, that, that Satan is the God of this world. We know that he is the epitome of darkness. He is the epitome of anti-light. He, he roams in this world trying to infiltrate people's lives to get them to walk in darkness. So when we're, walk, when we're, when we're watching or listening to anything, it, if I'm going to take the, what I'm hearing and turn it into a belief, y'all catch this. If I'm going to take what I'm hearing, what I'm watching, and turn it into a staple of my life, a doctrine, something that I'm going to live by, it's got to line up with God's word. It has to, because the world is filled with darkness. Psalm 119, 130, the entrance of your word, your words give light. It gives understanding to the simple. John 1, 5, and the light shines on in the darkness for the darkness has never overpowered it it has never put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it and is unreceptive to it john 1 5 that's the amplified version i love that it says that the light overpowers the darkness i want you to 
I want you to wrap your head around something today. This would be my, my underlying theme for today. That every bit of darkness, think about this, every bit of darkness that you face, every bit of darkness that you see, every bit of darkness that's out in the world, every bit of darkness that tries to come at you, every bit of darkness that tries to attack you, one bit of Jesus' light, one bit of the word, one gamut of the light of the word of God overpowers that darkness. One, one gamut, one, one. See, that's why he says resist the devil and he will flee. See, I, I know that the devil is going to attack me. The Bible says he comes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I'm not shocked when the devil tries something. What I need is the word of God, is the sword of the spirit. What I need is the word of God to combat him with light. Because he wants to come and put out my light. He wants to come and take away my light. He wants to come and, 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 and fill my life with darkness so I can't see where I'm going. How many of y'all have ever felt like, and I know I use the GPS example, but seriously, in life, how many of you have ever felt like you just didn't know where you were going? I just don't know where I'm going. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I don't know how to get there. I don't know. Well, what you need is the light. What you need is the light. You, what you need is his word on the subject. John 8, 32 says, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In John chapter 11, we're, we're coming up on the story of Lazarus here. And Lazarus has been dead four days. Jesus came. He's now here. Uh, Martha, Mary, they, they, they're, they're upset because Jesus, if Jesus had been there, they felt like that Lazarus would have never died. And Jesus is coming up on the situation and he goes to the cave where Lazarus is and dude has been dead for four days. Everybody say four days. Four days. days. He's been dead for four days. Not, Not alive. He's in a dark cave. There was a stone in front of it. So not only in a cave, you know, obviously light can only get in one way. So not only is he in a cave that's dark, but they put a stone in front of it to keep the smell out. But what it also kept out was the light. And Jesus came up and the first thing that he said, catch this in verse 39, John 11, 39. He says, take away the stone. Take away the stone. Because, you know, I, I, obviously Jesus could have spoke to the stone. He could have spoke through the stone. But I think it's important that he... he wanted them all to see, number one, he wanted them to see this miracle. He actually said it was good that I wasn't there because now you're going to believe when you see me raise Lazarus from the dead. That's basically what he told them. And so he walked up and he said, listen, take away the stone because in order for dude to get the light and come out into the light, the stone can't be there. I wonder how many of us have a stone that's blocking the light. Come on, somebody. I wonder how many of us have put a stone up, have put something up in front of our life, have put things, but see, see, I want the light, but I just can't make it to church. I just can't make it to the Lord. I mean, I just can't, I just can't, you know, I, I, uh, I just don't have enough time. I just don't have enough of it. I just, you know, it's just so hard to read the word of God. No, it's not. Get, get it, you know, maybe you're trying to read the King James, get the new King James, get the NLT, get something that's a little easier to read. But it's not hard to read the word. The Bible says that the word brings light to us. 
That it's life to us. He said that his words are spirit and life. What are you trying to say? There's things in our life that we've got to get out of the way so that God can speak. Stop putting stones in front of the one who's trying to raise you back to life. He says, take the stone away. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, the sister of Lazarus, said to Jesus, Lord, by this time, there is a stench for he has been dead four days. Say it again. Say four days. He has been dead four days. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? You know, we've been talking about faith. And all of this ties in together because Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. So not only does the word of God bring light, but it builds faith in you. It builds faith in you. It builds faith in you. See, when you have the word of God, that light penetrating your life, when you're getting the word in you, when you're hearing it taught, when you're hearing it preached, when you're hearing it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, not just Sunday. I I mean, can you imagine, you know, we're talking about uh, my family a lot lately because I guess I've been um, spending so much time with them and uh, I've, I've been... I feel like all my analogies have to do with my family, but it's because they're really good analogies. I was thinking about this. Can you imagine if I just only loved them on Sunday? Or how about this? If I told them to only love me on Sunday. Now, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, don't come tell me you love me. Don't come hug me. I don't want to see you. Can you imagine that? How about if they just did it on their own? How about if I'm crying out to them, I'm I'm asking for their attention, I'm asking for it, and they just say, no, not enough time, no, can't do it today, no, not going to tell you I love you, no, just only on Sunday, Daddy, I'll come see you on Sunday morning and tell you I love you. But that's what we do to God. We need his light in our life. We need his word in our life. We need, we see, there's his written word, his logos word, and there's also his rhema word which is his spoken word. Everybody say logos and say rhema. There's logos word, there's written word, then there's rhema, there's there's spoken word. There's word, there's spirit word, life word, word that, that, that comes only by being in his presence, only by being receptive to him and by him just saying, look, I know that you need help in this area. I know that you need guidance in this area. I know that you don't know where to go, but let me shine some light where you can't see. But you need faith to receive that. You need faith to receive that. I think that's where people get mi- mixed up is they, they, they hear, you know, maybe a, a preacher like myself or, or a man of God, they hear somebody say, oh, well, God spoke to me and they want that, but they can't get to a place where God will speak to them because there's a stone there because they, they, they've allowed the stone... Listen, you've got to get, you've got to let your faith be built up by, by hearing the word of God so that you can be in a place where faith is flourishing in your life. We, we've been talking about that. We walk by faith and not by sight. Say amen. amen. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by sight. Well, how does that work? You've got to have the word in you continuously to have, to, to, to have a life of faith. Sometimes that means keeping other stuff out. You know, I'm careful not to let darkness in my house. There, there's, I've told you all this before. There's things that I'm careful not to watch. 
not to let in, not to, not to let in our house because I want to keep our house a house of light. If, if I'm going to have God speak to me on my lawnmower, at my kitchen sink, in my bedroom, in the shower, wherever I'm at, if I'm going to have God speak to me, then I've got to have a house of faith, a house of light. I've got to walk in and, and, and live in a life of faith. He comes here and he says, Martha, if you would just believe, if you would just believe, I told you that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. So he prays out loud so that they know that what he's about to do is not just him alone, but by God. Verse 43. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus, come forth. He cried out. He spoke to what was dead by faith and said, Lazarus, come forth. Now, we know that Jesus had the spirit without measure. We know that, yes, he was, was all God and all man, but he exercised his faith. He spoke. And now catch this. Three words of life overcame four days of death. Let me say that again so that you, I saw the light bulbs come on. Three words of life overcame four days of death. Three words. Lazarus come forth, overcame four days, overcame the stitch, overcame the, 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 the cloths of, 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 of death that were wrapped up, all the chains that were binding him, the, the whatever had caused him to die, the disease that was in him or whatever it was, all of those things ceased with three words of life. How many words of life do you need? How many words of life, how many, what light do you need to overcome the darkness? All you need is one word. All you need is one, one gamut of light from the heavens above will overcome and overshadow whatever darkness you have that's infiltrating your life, that's trying to penetrate you. God says that his words are light. Verse 44, and he who, he, he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave cloths and his face was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. I want to talk to you real quick. I want to give you some points on how to, to train your spirit to live by faith, to walk by faith and to live in the light. I want to, I want to just give you some, some, some things to, to go off of this week and in, not just this week, but going forward. Number one, I want to tell you to meditate on the word. If you're taking notes, I would write that down. Meditate on the word. Number one, meditate on the word. Meditate on the word. Joshua 1.8 says this, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make, say that with me, say you will make, come on, say it again, say you will make, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So let me read that back so you can get it. This is Joshua 1.8. If you're taking notes, 
meditate on the word. Joshua 1.8 tells us to do that. And in the second half of this verse, it says that when you do that, you will make your way prosperous. See, it requires you meditating on the word, on the light. It requires you. That's why being in the word of God, meditating on the word of God, letting it be a part of your life. How do you do that? You keep it in you by repeating it, by regurgitating it, by keeping it in front of you, by, by, by eventually when you hear enough word and you say enough word, it becomes a way of life. And your life of darkness, however long it was, will be overcome by the light. So what, what am I saying? If you, if you have a thought process that contradicts the word of God, then you've got to contradict that thought process with the word of God. Do y'all get that? If you have a thought process, if you have a lifestyle, if you have a habit that does not line up with the word of God, you've got to get the word and combat or contradict that habit, that thought process, that lifestyle with the word. Have the word, meditate on it day and night. That doesn't mean that you literally don't do anything else. What that means is that you've got the word in you. You've got the word in you. The joy of the Lord is my strength. See, I, I, oh man, I, you can do it two ways. You can sit around and say, oh, I just oh, I feel so weak. I just, oh, I can't make it. Oh, I'm not ever going to make it. I'm not going to, oh. I don't know. I guess that's how, how Christians sound that they're really, I don't know. But wouldn't it be better to, to just say the joy of the Lord is my strength? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. One word, one verse, and repeat it until you see it. The joy of the Lord is my strength. That one just came right out of my spirit. That's not even in my notes. There's so much in the word of God. If you need a verse, ask me. Say, Pastor, I've got this thing going on, and I want to combat it with the word of God, and I'll help find you a scripture to combat it. But you've got to have a word to combat the thing, and you've got to meditate on it day and night. Number two, practice the word. Meditate and then practice. James 1.22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves in the margin in the notes it says that he deludes himself so someone who is just a hearer of the word but not a doer deludes himself in other words you're 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 keeping yourself away from what the potential of the word you're listening to you're listening to it but you're not doing it you're not practicing it you've got to practice the word don't just be a hearer only, but be a doer. You have to hear it. it. It builds faith to hear the word. You have to hear the word, but when you hear the word, put it into practice. See, here's the thing. I can't do that for you. I can't do that for you. You want to eat one better? God can't do it for you. God will not do it for you. He will not make you. He gave you a free will. He gave you the choice. You can determine, okay, I'm going to just listen to the word all my life and not be a doer, and you're going to live a deluded lifestyle. Delusional. You know, out out of the course of God because his word is in you, but you're not, it's getting in you, but it's going right back out because you're not doing anything with it. Don't just be a hearer, be a doer only. Here's another one. John 13, 34. This is a new commandment I give to you. That you love one another as I have loved you. So what are we doing? What, what has God told us to do? 
to love one another as he has loved us. That's what we're to do. We're to live a life of love. That's the new, some people think that it's just that being a doer of the word is just the 10 commandments or just, just doing, you know, um, doing what I learned in, in Bible school or in, uh, Vacation Bible school or, you know, when I learned as a kid. No, get the word in you daily. Read the word, study the word, repeat the word, and live. Let it change you. Let it change you. Let it change, let it change you from the inside out. Well, how does it change me? Because when God deals with you on something and he says, I, listen, you heard my word. It, it says to stop doing that. Don't do that anymore. Change that thought process. Change that. And, and you, and you, and you. You get that in your spirit because God's word is dealing with you. You've got to practice that. You've got to actually work to stop it. You've got to actually work to change it. God's word changes you when you practice it. When you put it into practice. When you say, okay, I hear you and I'm going to do it. i got to wrap up, so I'm going to move on. Uh, some other ways that we can practice the word. Number one, this is going to be like a sub point. You know, love one another, not worrying. How about this one? Come on. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known. Be anxious for nothing. The Amplified says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I'm just going to leave that right there for you. Do not fret or be anxious about anything. Do not have any anxiety about anything. You know, God wouldn't tell us to do something we can't do. He wouldn't, impact, he wouldn't say to do something that we can't do. I, I love this scripture because if he, if he tells me to do it, it's not that I never get anxious, but when I do, I know that I'm not supposed to. I've trained myself. This is part of what I'm trying to talk about is training yourself to live by the word. Part of how I've trained myself is that when these things creep up in my life, I've trained myself. They're like triggers. I'm like, wait a second. That's not right. Wait a second. I, I'm feeling anxious. Wait a second. I'm not walking in love. Wait a second. I'm not living by faith. Wait a second. I just spoke some doubt. And when that happens, I, it's like a trigger. And I go, wait a second. I need to combat that with the word of God. And I speak the word. I, I declare the word. No, I'm not going to do that. I mean, let me just let me just keep going because there's some other scriptures in here that are going to help you. If we go down to verse eight, check this out. Verse eight, Philippians four, verse eight. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true. Everybody say, I'm going to say these words. I want you to say them with me. Say true. true. Whatever is worthy. Say worthy. Worthy, worthy of reverence, actually. Say reverence. Worthy. Whatever is honorable, say honorable. Honor. Whatever is just, say just. Yes. Whatever is pure, say pure. pure. Whatever is lovely and lovable, say lovely. Worthy. Whatever is kind, say kind. Whatever's gracious, say gracious. If there is any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Think on, weigh, and take account of these things. In the, the parentheses, it says this. You ready? Fix your mind on those things. Let me read it again. Now that you got the whole verse... Fix your mind on what? 
What am I fixing my mind on? Well, I'm not fixing my mind on stuff that, is, that, that doesn't line up with this. What am I fixing my mind on? I'm fixing my mind on whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is kind, whatever is gracious, whatever is excellent, whatever is worthy of praise. I'm thinking on, I'm weighing on, I'm fixing my mind on those things. See, if I'm going to practice the word of God, that's part of me practicing it. It's pushing away and pushing out anything that's not virtuous. It's saying, no, I'm not going to think on that. It doesn't say that, that my mind won't go there. It says that I've got to fix my mind on those things. I know, I know that the devil's going to try to make me think he's going to flash something in front of my eyes. He's going to put something... And in those moments, I'm going to choose whether I'm going to fix my mind on that or I'm going to fix my mind on. See, Paul said that you've got to take your thoughts captive. You've got to take your thoughts captive. There are thoughts that you have that don't line up with the word that you've got to literally take them and put them in thought jail. You've got to take them captive. Just like you take someone who does something wrong and put them in jail, sometimes you've got to take your thoughts and make a little jail and say, no, when we're not going to think that, and you take your thought and you put it in bad thought jail, bad thought prison, and you put it over there. Because, again, God wouldn't tell me I can do that if I can't do it. Take your thoughts captive. Let me keep going because i got to wrap this up. Um, okay, so another thing, another major point. Give the word first place in your life. So we're going to meditate on the word, we're going to practice the word, and we're going to give the word first place in our life. What does first place mean? Have y'all ever run a race? How many of y'all have ever finished last in a race? I raced dirt bikes for the longest time, and it took me forever to win a race. I, I was the chief of coming in second. I tell you, I could come in second better than anybody. I could come in second. Listen, if there was any place I was comfortable, it was second. I don't know why I couldn't win. Actually, I do know why, and that's another story for another day, but, <laughs> but I, I, would, I would come in second all the time. It was so frustrating. God's word shouldn't be second. It should be first. Look at this, Proverbs 4, 20 through 22. My son, my daughter, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh God's words are life to those who find them and they are health to all their flesh see God's word changes us from the inside out there's health that comes to our flesh from his words from his words if we incline our ear to his sayings if we incline if we give attention to his words do not let them depart from our eyes. Keep them in the midst of our heart. We're meditating on them day and night. They are life and health. John 6, 63 says this. It is the spirit who gives life. Big S. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Everybody say that. Say God's words. They are spirit and they are life. Last one. This is a big point. Major key right here. Major key. Instantly obey your spirit. Instantly obey your spirit. I had to do this just last night. 
Actually, I'll tell you the truth. The reason I'm preaching this message is because I instantly obeyed my spirit. Because there was, I, I was going to cop out. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I was going to cop out and I was going to preach an easy sermon this morning. I was. I'm just going to tell y'all the truth. I'm going to be real honest with y'all. Y'all aren't getting a fake preacher in JT. No, listen, I'm going to tell y'all the truth. I was going to cop out and preach an easy sermon this morning. I was. And God led me to this. And, and we were talking about it even this morning. My pastor was preaching on this a few weeks ago. And it's been in my spirit. It's been in my heart. And I had some thoughts to go along with it. I had some things with it. And then I, I, I began to study and began to read and had some more stuff. Even up until um, the start of service this morning, I was writing things down and putting things. Because I knew that this was something that needed to be preached. And it may be for you in this room. I hope that it is. It may be for those that are watching online and those that are on the podcast. But I knew that I needed to obey my spirit. When I knew, hey, that's not the sermon for tomorrow, this is. Check this out. 2 Corinthians 4, 4 said, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. In other words, the devil has blinded people of this age. They don't believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. See, people of darkness, catch this, catch this. Listen to me. People of darkness, when they're living in darkness, they live on the outside. They're not, they're not focused on the inside. You are a spirit. You live in a body and you have a soul. You are a spirit. The real you, the real Andre, the real Mike, the real Carmen, the real Chuck, the real other Mike. <laughs> you, are, you are a spirit. The real you is a spirit. Say that. Point at yourself and say, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. I live in a body. I have a soul. Your soul is your mind, will, and your emotions. Your mind, your emotions, they are not you. Do not let your emotions own you. Do, let, do not let your emotions direct you. I like what my pastor said a few weeks, what Pastor Steve said a few weeks ago. He was talking about his emotions, about all these things, and about how we're emotional creatures. And there's not one thing in this world, no matter what you say, someone could say it's wrong. Someone else could say it's wrong. The only thing that is truth is God's word. The only thing that's, that's truth is God. I mean, everybody could discount something you say or something somebody else says. No, I'm just going to stick with God's word, baby. I'm just going to stick. And here's the thing. When I do... Y'all putting all this together? When I stick with his word, when I meditate on it, when I practice it, when I make it first in my life, my life of faith that I'm living is going to be so strong. My spirit man is going to be so strong that when my spirit man speaks and leads me and guides me, why am I listening to my spirit? Because Romans tells me that my spirit is connected to his spirit. His spirit is connected to my spirit. God is a spirit. He deals with me spirit to spirit. He doesn't deal with me out where the devil is. I know that might be contrary to what you, listen, in the Old Testament he did because that was the only way he could speak to his people. When Jesus came and did what he did, he gave us the Holy Spirit so the Holy Spirit could be inside of us, deal with us, and speak to us. He gave us his word to build our faith, to give us reproof and correction, and to, to give us light, to show us where to go, what to do. When my spirit, when my spirit leads me, I need to listen to it. I need to instantly obey my spirit. I need to train myself that if I'm full of the word, if I'm living a life of faith, then when my spirit speaks to me, I'm going to listen. What do you mean? Let me clarify. Some people might call it your conscience 
Or they might call it your inner voice or inner, the inner, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not your head. Don't listen to your head. Don't listen to, I mean, most of the time I know my spirit speaking to me because it's not what my head's wanting to do. It's not what my, what I'm, what my, <laughs> what my JT thoughts are telling me to do. Like last night, I had dreamed up, I had a good little sermon. It was going to be great. It was going to be good. It's going to be easy. We already been done by now. We already be halfway cleaned up. <laughs> Andre's laughing. Like, man, you should have preached that one. No, this is what God had for us this morning. But listen, my spirit on the inside of me said, no, this is what. Well, I know that that's God speaking to me and God dealing with me in my spirit. My mind was saying something else. The same thing happens if you've been ever been addicted to something, your body Your mind, right, is looking and longing for those things, but your spirit, when you're saved, your spirit is made new, and so your spirit is saying no. Well, well, why is your spirit saying no? Because your spirit feeds and lives off of the word, and when you get the word in you, listen to me. If you're listening to this podcast, if you're watching me online, you've got to have the word in you because the word builds up your spirit, man. You, build up your, you also build up your spirit, man. The Bible tells us by praying in the spirit like we did this morning. All these things build up our spirit, man. We, we, we diminish living a life of flesh, living a life like the God of this world wants us to live, and we live a life by the spirit. Instantly obey your spirit. If you practice that, you will train yourself. Am I perfect? No. But my, my batting average is getting better every day. My batting average is getting better every day. I know that the MLB isn't playing right now, but if you've ever followed baseball, you know that everybody strikes out. Everybody strikes out. At some point or another, you strike out. If you play baseball, you are going to strike out. What's your goal? To hit more than you strike out. To get more balls in fair play than you strike out. That's the goal. Sometimes you're going to strike out. Sometimes you're going to miss it. Sometimes you're not going to listen to your spirit. But let your batting average get better every day. Brother Andre, you can help me come finish up. Every day, every day, every day I'm working, I'm striving. Let let me be led by the spirit. Let me live a life led by the spirit. Let me fill myself so much with the word that when something comes at me, I've got the word to come back. When something tries to distract me, I've got the word to keep me in line. I've got his spirit to say, no, no, no. Remember what I told you. Remember what you read the other day. Remember what God, the only way we're going to get where we need to go and how we can combat everything that's going on in this world, the only way is by his word and his spirit. That's the only way. He's going to change us from the inside out. I don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. But God does. God does. And I believe that he's, I believe, I believe, I believe that the church is ripe for revival and that I, I know that, that, you know, it's vacation season in the middle of COVID and it might not look like, you know, in, in, in our church, it might not look the way, you know, you, in other words, you might be saying, oh, well, where are the people? Where are all those people that were coming a few months ago? They're, they're, they're going to come back. Maybe they're uncomfortable coming out right now because of COVID, but I know they're going to come back. I know they're going to come. Many of them have come. The last, in the last few weeks, we've had visitors and new families come in every, every week. And then, you know, you go on vacation and things change. But my point is this. I'm not walking by what I see. I'm not walking by what I see. I know in my spirit that the church is ripe for revival. That means what? 
Don't grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. How do I know that? Because his word told me that. That I can't grow tired. Now's not the time to grow tired. Now's not the time to give up. Now's not the time to throw in the towel. Now's the time to say, okay, what can I do? Now's the time to pick up the slack and say, okay, uh, we're due for a harvest. You know, a farmer can tell when they're due for a harvest. They know. They know. They know that I, I planted seeds. I put seed out there. I watered it. I made sure that the ground was right. I made sure the fertilizer was there. And I'm, it's time for a harvest. It's time for harvest. It's time for return. It's time for, and you know, I don't, listen, the, the farmer may not be able to go out and pinpoint and say it's on this day that the harvest is coming, but he knows when the harvest is, it's time for a harvest, to be prepared for the harvest, to get ready. Galatians tells us don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you don't faint. If you faint not, if you don't give up. I just want to encourage you, to keep going. Keep going. Keep working on your batting average. Keep working on Keep working on whatever it is. You know, God puts his finger on things and deals with us on things. He'll point things out. Don't, you, you know, maybe you're trying to fix everything at once. Fix whatever God's dealing with you and then go on to the next thing. Keep trucking. Keep moving. Keep improving. Don't grow weary. Don't go backwards. Don't give up because in due season, you'll reap a harvest if you faint not. Stand up on your feet. If you're watching online or if you're in this room and you want to make things right with Jesus, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with us that'll change your life forever. That'll make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, the number one in your life. If you want what I'm talking about today, the first step of that is giving your life to God or, or allowing him to come into your life making him the Lord of your life. So maybe you've done that before and you need to make things right, you need to recommit your life, or maybe you've never done that. I want to encourage you to do that right now. So pray this prayer with me and everybody in this room, if you'll pray out loud with me as well, say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. Today, I commit my life to you. Today, I ask you to come in to my heart. I confess that Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I believe in my heart that Jesus came to this earth as a baby, grew to a man, died on the cross for my sins, was buried in a grave, and rose on the third day. I believe that today he is alive. And I make him, I make Jesus, my Lord, my Savior, my number one. I thank you for forgiving me of my sins, cleansing me of all my unrighteousness. I give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that prayer, you just made the best decision of your life, and we celebrate with you.